Welcome to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series Podcast. This was recorded January 14, 2016. It's an interview with KRS-One and VJ Ralph McDaniels of Video Music Box. Our careers were done, so I went back, I wrote The Bridge is Over. So Scott was the one saying, no, it's not just about a battle. We have to write hit records. We gotta write records. So I said, well, criminal minded, that, that was the hardness right there. Well, no one's feeling that. Well, elementary, you know, KRS, I thought I was saying something with, you know, you break my name down, knowledge reigns supreme, that was a big deal back then. I was like, yo, you know, no, <laughs> it's not happening. You gotta rhyme like everyone else, which was just a fantasy kind of thing. Like it was real, you go back to 80, just, you know, 83, 84, 85, you know, although great records, yeah. although great records, um, you had a lot of themes in hip hop. A lot of themes, you know, the freaks come out at night. Ha, the freaks come out at night. That's not gangster. That's not anything. That's just dope. That's just hot. That's what hip-hop was, and that's a lot of what people, you know, yearn for. Yeah, even, even today, when you could just spit your rhyme, and it was dope. It wasn't, it was just on something, you know, like that, and that's what it was. I'm Ralph McDaniels, and you're listening to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series with KRS-One. So I was practicing with Scott and started humming out this record, South Bronx, the South South Bronx. Do this beat, hey bro, I got that good chiba chiba. Boom, boom, hey bro, I got that. And he would just keep going, and Scott was cutting that up. And I was like, you know, way back in the days when hip hop began with Coca-Cola, he was like, yo, what's that? And I was like, well, it's just, I was just writing the history of hip hop, man, because dude over here is talking this, and you know. So for, for $50, I never forget, Scott got paid on Friday, and he went. And with $50, he had to pay his rent. He was short. Like, he was short like two or $300 on his rent. And he went in deeper, and we went to the studio. And I remember him worrying about this. Like, he was like, you know, like, what am I going to do? And he went in the studio, and we had 50 bucks. We had two hours in an eight-track studio. It was $25 an hour. Scott put down the $50. I went to work. One take, everything. South Bronx. The lyrics, the beat, everything, one take, boom, 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 boom. 45 minutes, record's done. We had time to spare, sat back, chilled. Dude made us tapes, made us this kind of thing, had the record. That was Friday, Scott got paid. That, like, six or seven o'clock, we made the record, done about 10 o'clock, hit Latin quarters at about 11.30. 12 o'clock came, Red Alert came on. We said, we got something Fresh! <laughs> Off the press, we just recorded this like five hours ago. Red threw it on. Mind you, my shelter buddy, Just Ice, was already a huge star by now. He had put out a record called LaToya. LaToya, he left the shelter, left us all there. <laughs> he was already out. But at this particular moment, I was with him, and we was at the Latin Quarter. So me and Just Ice are sitting there, and he's already huge. He's sitting there with his goal on now. He's all large. And I'm still homeless, okay? I'm there. All my friends are superstars. Everybody, because I'm rolling with Scott. 
and they know I rhyme. They know I'm his MC, but I didn't get my break yet. I'm not known yet. So they know me. So the record comes on. The whole club erupts. Everybody, from people from Queens. Everybody. Everybody, everybody in there. It was just like, ah! So then he played it again. Yo, we got to run this one back. Played it again. They must have ran that record five, six times in a row. It was like, it was like, why is I putting gasoline to fire? <laughs> I left the Latin quarters. Not a dime in my pocket. I shouted, Scott, pick up Scott. Yo, all right. He went home. I hit the number two train. Slept on the train. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Two months go by. South Bronx, huge on the radio now. Kiss FM is running it every hour of the day. South Bronx, every hour they're playing this record. The first day they played it on the air, red alert, played it on the air, I was in Brooklyn mopping floors. I was mopping a floor at a daycare center because the woman said that she'd give me $75 every time I mopped the floor. I said, I'm down with that. Hit the floor mopping glow. <laughs> Took pride in my work. Yes, sir. Ah, that's right. I mopped the floor, turned the radio on. Just to pass the time. Now, mind you, one day I was here, the day my record came on the radio, I'm mopping the floor, and, and the kids are leaving from the nursery. They're leaving. Their parents are picking them up. So there's like a crowd in the front of parents and kids and notebooks and book bags and coats. And everybody's scrambling to get their kids. So I'm mopping the other part of the of school, <laughs> record come on. It's just a new record by Scott LaRock. <laughs> no Boogie Down Productions, no KRS, nothing. New record by Scott LaRock. South Bronx, South South. I'm listening, I'm like, oh, yo. But I gotta hold my composure. I'm in a nursery. <laughs> his kids, his mothers, people, I can't scream nothing. No kids, no curse, can't just hit nobody, hand can't elbow nobody, I'm like this. Record playing, South Bronx, way back in the days with him, uh, I'm like this. <laughs> Record blasting, okay? To make it worse, one of the mothers, she's leaving, she says, man, whoever made that record, he gonna be big. <laughs> I'm mopping the floor. <laughs> I'm like this with you. You can't under the, the level of discipline control. I'm mopping the floor, and then I get to uh, I get I get back to the shelter, and Scott was like, "Yo, did you hear the record?" I was like, "Yup." He said, yo, you're going to be out of here, S. You're going to be out of here. He said, call me S. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be out of here, S. We're going we to do this. And so I'm in the shelter, record blasting, record playing. Shan mad. Whole Queens mad. Everybody mad. I'm in the shelter. I'm like this in the shelter, record playing every day. Shan finally decides to answer us. He answers the record, which is why I give Shan the ultimate respect to this day. Yes, yes. To this day. Yes. Because he could have just not answered. I don't know what we would have done. <laughs> if Shan never answered, like, that was going to have been one hit. That's all we had, one shot. That's right. And that was it. Shan answered us. 
with an actually record was hot. Kill that noise was hot. Used to play in the club all the time. That doom, 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 doom. Because your Biggie actually picked it up. Made another hit off the same break. But Shan had it first. He threw that on us. I was like, wow, respect to that. I came out with the first record I wrote, which was The Bridge is Over. So I just let the, the, first, the, the first record be the second record. And so I dropped the reggae style, which always won my battles anyway. But he never heard it. America never heard it. Nobody ever heard it. This was just some old ghetto craziness. I just took it and put it out. And, and there it was. But in that record, I called out other members of the Juice crew as well. One of which was uh, Roxanne Chante. You've been criticized for that. Woo! <laughs> Had to live it down! I had to live it down. Roxanne rolled up on me one day in a bank. <laughs> and around 1988, I was in a bank cashing a check. I'm large now. <laughs> cashing a check. In walks Roxanne Chante. Why you say that about me? I froze right there. I was like, I, I, yo, I, all I could think of was, you'll make a record about me and I won't answer you. <laughs> so she went and got my best friend, Big Daddy Kane. Yes, yes. This is my man. Kane is my dude, okay? Me and Kane and the Hennessy, okay? <laughs> this is my dude, all right? Kane goes and writes the record this to me. He says, yes. Have a, have a nice day. Roxanne shot on the record. And you best go about your way and have a nice day. KRS One, you should go on vacation with a name sound like a whack radio station. When this is Ella Rock, you should be, you know, when Tila Rock said it's yours, he didn't say his name. In the club, those were bombshell rhymes. Those had the crowd going, ooh. That was Kane writing that. Okay? This is how intricate it really was. Okay, and so me and Shan, we became friends. Love-hate relationship. Shan just cursed me out the other day. <laughs> just the other day. That's my man, no doubt. No doubt. To this day, that's it. It's not going to be nothing else. That's what it is. I, I would not exist without the involvement of MC Shan, Molly Maul, the Juice Crew, Mr. Magic. It's a full story. It's not Boogie Down Productions versus the Juice Crew. That's the hype. That's the, the commercial value of it. But the story is about a group of people trying to work something out amongst themselves. One guy wants to be part of a group that he's being rejected from and has to prove himself to be part of the group that he never became part of. Well, people want to be on record labels all the time now. And... Most people are just putting their stuff on YouTube or on SoundCloud right now. And let me get the numbers. You know, because, you know, like I tell people, oh, a young guy goes to a record company right now and says, yo, you got to have uh, a million, you got to have 100,000 views, and then we might sign you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the young guy goes home and he figures out a way to get 100,000 views. Right. Not hard. Right. We can figure it out. We'll get some naked women on, on our YouTube right. or something. And you'll just keep hitting it. Right. And then people will buy it. And, I'm, and then they'll go back to the record company and say, all right, got a thousand views. Right. Now we're going to sign me. So every artist that we hear that gets signed to a record label, to me, maybe not be of the caliber of what we think they should be. So they just see single deals. We'll just hear from them one time and then they'll go away. Mm -hmm. And some of them are, you know, have become 
better artists, so we hear more from them. But what do we do now to get to the point where we want to put out a body of work, man? There's a guy sitting out here right now that's like, yeah, I, I got something to say, man. I got something to say. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have something to say. Mm -hmm. I'm, I got knowledge. You know, you went and you stepped to the number one platform that was at that time, mm -hmm. Mr. Magic. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out over there. Okay, let's see what's up with Red Alert. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can make something happen over here. You know, now we have, I don't know, Clue. Uh, Funkmaster Flex, uh, DJ Self, uh, you know, whoever is on the radio right now, and, you know, the, the Breakfast Club, you know, when we want to take these records up there, but there's no space for us to do that. Right. Now they're saying, right. oh, we're going to sign, you know, who's, we're going to play more records from the, the tri-state area. Well, well you know, <coughs> no, you, I, I, finish that. Um, this is you, too. Yeah, right? yeah. So... You know, I look at young people, I get th their videos. They come to me now and, you know, I play independent artists. That's what we do. You know, because there is no real record companies anymore. There's a manager and Beyonce. There's a manager and Jay-Z. And this person and Kanye West. And, you know, and that's, that's how it works. You know, um, so I deal with the managers and I deal with a lot of guys who are just doing their own recording, doing their own artwork, doing their own music videos, um, doing their own press, you know, performing, booking their own shows. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I work with right mm -hmm. now, probably 80%. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's still not enough. I'm like, there's dope artists out here, man, but nobody hears them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. There's a lot of people that are not here. Right. So, Well, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned, that's sort of like an alley-oop uh, toward, toward the next thing I'm actually uh, going to say, that... We're looking to remedy that. Um, that's you, you're speaking the revolution that we're dealing with today, the hip hop revolution, if I can coin it that. There's no excuse uh, for the example that that you laid out. There's no excuse for it. Here's why: when 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 we designed hip hop, meaning that hip hop is not a mistake; it is deliberate, and if you don't know the sciences or the techniques to the deliberateness of hip hop, then it's gonna be very difficult to be successful within it. What most people do is they say, I want the success, oh sorry. I, oh that's me, that's not sorry. Um, I want the success of hip hop, but I don't wanna be hip hop. They say, I, I want the money, they throw the name around very loosely. Throw the name around. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop. But you don't want to become it. You don't want to be it. You you don't want to make it your culture. And I mean your culture, like Greek, <laughs> like Italian, like Jamaican, Nigerian, whatever. You say I am hip hop. Crazy. We're the first of our kind. This is the issue. This is the revolution right here, Ralph, you're speaking to. I'll point it out, just I'll try to breeze over it. This is a, a five hour seminar, what I'm about to say. I'm gonna just paraphrase, or try to. I'm Ralph McDaniels, and you're listening to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series with KRS-One. Hip Hop is a $10 billion industry today. Why we don't have 10 billion in our pocket? Here's why. Because there is a group of us, us, 
black folk, white folk, Latino folk, a a a Arab folk, Asians, that are um, accustomed to exploiting the culture. They made their careers on the exploitation of the culture itself. 10, 20, 30 years of exploitation. You made your bed with certain people, certain corporations, you can't go back. The issue is that real hip-hop is in existence. It, it works. It works. But it's not corporate. It's cultural. And when you understand culture, you understand that culture is not about success. It's about living and being. Legacy. Morals. Mm -hmm. Step over to morals for a minute. Right now, Ralphie, <laughs> I can take, and we do, uh, we uh, have an apprenticeship called the Temple of Hip Hop, which we take yearly when I can. Um, it's been working out to be yearly. Um, we take about 20 people, various people, on the road with us. What we're doing is we're creating a scholar's market for hip-hop. And we're also opening up the market for hip-hop. Only a privileged few can get into this market. Now, Ralph, you know this. There's, there's corporations like CAA, ICM. Uh, universal talent. Um, and then there's lecture agencies, Greater Talent Network, American Program Bureau, etc. The names I just mentioned, if you don't have a relationship with these people, you're not eating in hip-hop. But there is escape. There is an escape. And the escape is that some of us have never given our power to those people, some of us. Chuck D. Never, to this day, Chuck got his own radio station. He got his own thing going on. You book Chuck from Chuck. Okay? Now, of course, we all do business. We, everybody do business with corporate entities. But to sign your cultural power over to them, what is your cultural power? So I'm at a radio station. They say, yo, Chris, listen, just say, just say that the regular drops. You say, yo, I'm here. Yo, this is KRS-One. And I'm here um, at Hot 97 with, um, with Funkmaster Flax at Hot 97. They give you a list of DJs to drop and say, I don't have no problem saying it, but I'm, I'm not going to say the station. I'll say, yo, this is KRS-One with Funkmaster Flex. I'm not going to give my voice to Hot 97. Now, of course, Ralph, you know I was the voice of the station when it first went down. The only voice they heard was Karis One. Okay, so that's just history. But morals, mm -mm. once we realized what the situation was, we got out of there. We got out of there. It's wonderful for young people to experiment. Sometimes young people get called sellouts because they're experimenting. That's wrong. Young people should experiment. You should experiment at least till you're 40. You should be experimenting stuff. Do try things. Mix stuff up and stuff. You might lose your life, but try. <laughs> this is true. I mean, if you want to succeed in life, you're going to have to put your life on the line. And that takes courage. 
So at the end of the day, I say all this to say, there is a network created by real revolutionaries that are out there. But here's our problem. And, uh, let me talk about the network first. I don't, I'm not signed to anybody. Nobody. I'm happy this way. Now, I don't have the privileges. If you sign with Clear Channel, you can be heard on every station in the United States. If you sign with Live Nation, Live Nation's a, a, a touring uh, corporation, puts shows on, owns clubs, so on. Sign with Live Nation, you get to do House of Blues. House of Blues is paying good money. Who don't want that money? But you got to give your power to this entity for it to happen. Now, if you don't have no money and your, and your babies are hungry, none of this makes any sense. Okay, none of this makes any sense. And it shouldn't. Do what you got to do. I'm speaking about those of us that are fed and hungry and still choose to sell their culture out. You see them on radio and television all day, every day. I don't need to call any names. Every single solitary person on radio is a sellout. <laughs> every single outclass. Every single solitary person is a sellout. You cannot be in Germany, Nazi Germany, putting on the Nazi outfit, saying, hi, Hitler, and then say there's good Nazis. Oh, there's a good, he's a good, now he's a bad Nazi, he's a good Nazi. This is a good radio station, that's a bad one. No, it's all taking us to Auschwitz and the gas chambers, all of it. We saw that in the 90s. We saw it in the 90s, we saw the game, we knew what it was. So we backed off, and we said, you know what? And me, I played a joke on the whole industry personally, because we true hip-hop, so the corporate world is at our calling. We are never at the beck and calling of the corporate world. Never. We'd rather starve than sign our names to their BS. Can't happen. Now, what's this? What's the network? The network is, there's about, I would easily say, 50,000 clubs in the world that got the same problem you got. They're not messing with Live Nation trying to buy up their club. They ain't messing with Clear Channel. The club got to spend all this money to get on. They used to just go. They had a relationship with the club. The, the, the station and the club had a relationship. You do your thing, everybody getting money. No, they cut that out now. Now the station got to pay somebody and the club got to pay somebody. No, they came in the middle of the money. There's about 50,000 clubs right now, 2016. They can't take this and want and want change. Here's how we give them change. People like Talib Kweli, Most Def, KRS, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, The Roots. Uh, I could just go on and on. Okay, we tour all the time, all the time. Stay booked all the time. I'm saying this, not bragging. Maintain your composure here. I'm telling you where the real money is. All them dudes you see on the TV, on the radio, they're not touring. We do the biggest festivals, Ralph, you know. We could go on, you could go to online right now. KRS headline, all festivals. I don't see none of them dudes. 
None of them. We be out. They're playing on the radio and they're not talking. Come on, I'm about to give you the scoop right here. This is what it is. Once you on the radio, once you with that corporate conglomerate, you can only eat from that corporate conglomerate. Once you are in that corporate conglomerate, and I say conglomerate because it's radio is a corporation unto itself, a corporate entity, corporate environment, selling your music and stuff. Um, uh, um, like today you sell music through Target and Walmart is the new record stores and, you know, if you're trying to sell your record you, you get a Target buyer and Target buys your stuff and puts it out so on, but that's still corporate okay um, and then all the other mediums for, for, for putting out music and so all corporate hip hop never moved from its position where you make a tape if your music is Good. You need no promotion, no marketing. The money gonna come to you. Now, my wife, the genius Simone, she is the most feared booking agent in this industry, okay? The globe knows it. This is a little black woman here, okay? We've been offered to sign with everybody. Of course, and it's cordial. It's not like, nah, I ain't signing with you because I'm revolutionary. That. It's when we need you, we'll call you. When we need you, we'll call you. Sometimes we need you. We'll call you, HBO. We'll call you. We know all their executives. We know all of them. They know us. We'll call you when we need you. Just so happens for the past 15 years, I didn't need that. Now this is this is what the issue is. It's no no war, no war. I don't need you. Now if I don't need you, the respect level go up on your end. I become a hot commodity because I don't need you. Now here's what I make sure I do. I make sure my show is dope. I make sure if you're gonna spend twenty dollars on KRS, I'm gonna give you a fifty dollar show. Thank you. If everybody else was showing up and just walking back and forth across stage, they gave me 20 minutes last week. I'm doing two hours. My reputation is known all over the world. So this is how you eat and survive. We don't need these corporations. Don't get too fly when you get up on that stage. Don't get, what? <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. You have know, we talent. We don't understand. We need to see a little bit of it. We don't understand. <laughs> <what you> mean, <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. You don't. Okay. <laughs> but, and I may hit you in a minute, but here's the thing, though. The network is choose who you're going to serve. There is an underground hip-hop network that is so ferocious right now and I usually take Apprentice with me to show him because if I tell you, you wouldn't believe it. Simone just told us today, we was driving here, and um, Simone's, um, she, she's got, um, I'm not to put her business in the street, but she's taking a group of people to Japan, okay? Uh, she books Japan and all these places. So she's taking somebody over to Japan. But she was looking online and she was saying, you know it only costs $269 to go to Germany? To go to Berlin, Germany. It costs $269. Now, some of us eat 
two hundred and sixty nine dollars. Okay, you go to a super, you go to a, yeah, you can, you can go to the supermarket. You can sit down in a restaurant. You three people, two hundred sixty nine dollars. Four people, two hundred sixty nine dollars. Now, you New Jordans, two hundred sixty nine dollars. Now, you have to ask yourself. I'm an MC. I'm a DJ. How am I going to bring value to myself? Exactly. Not how dope I am. I, da, da, da. I'm entering business. I got to be worth something to the other person that I want to pay me. Exactly. I want your money. Therefore, I must be valuable to you. What do you need? See, stop right here. What do you need? See, we come from the myth of slavery. When I say the myth of slavery, we were told we came here as slaves, 1619 Jamestown, Virginia. That's the history of all African Americans in, in the United States. That's a lie. But we've been taught that. So when someone says the key to riches is service, you cringe. Service? I'm no servant. I'm not a slave. This is reverse psychology. This is how they get us every time. The only ones that get rich are the servants. Walmart is a servant. Target is a servant. What are they doing? They are serving your needs. It's just that they look like, wow, it's Target. No, get that out of your mind. They are servants. Find out what the community needs and serve Teach. the community. When I was writing my rhyme, what made Scott look, he said, what made you write South Bronx? I was serving the community. There was a time where you could not be an MC seriously if you didn't get the okay from one of the founders. You had to claim cool hurt Africa Bear, but I saw so many people join Zulu Nation so that they could claim, I'm real here. Okay, you, had, you couldn't just come out, I'm real. Why? Check my website. <laughs> what, 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 that, what? Google me. Google me, I'm real because you Google. No, you had to come from a real person who really gave you the respect. You know, but what happened? How did you get the respect? You served them. You served the person up. So, Chris, we are coming up on... Ten minutes to eight. You know this is an eight-hour conversation. Eight conversation. You no, know it's eight hours. We're never gonna. We're we're never gonna finish this up. And I want some people who want to get a chance to take a picture with you, as if you'd be able to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, KRS-One. Wow. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series with KRS-One. I'm Ralph McDaniel's from Video Music Box. Enjoy your day.